Are there nerds here tonight? Nerds! You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Carissa. Not hot in spite of being a geek, but because of it. Being a nerd, it's not about what you love. It's about how you love it. Hey guys. Hey everybody. This is Evan. And I'm Carissa. And welcome to the Lucky 10,000 podcast, the podcast that proves anybody can be a geek about anything. It's true. It is very true. And uh, according to the normal format of the show, it's Carissa's turn to be geeky about something and slap me in the brain with some learning. Although I have to say this is more of an invitation to you to geek out with me because E3 has been the past few days. Yay! And E3, huge electronics and nerd convention of the year. Mainly Uh, focused towards uh, gaming and technology. It's mainly technology, but it has become a huge platform for gaming companies to announce their big stuff. Okay, so what is it that this has been announced? What are you excited about? Remind the listeners, what game systems do you have? You prefer PC gaming, correct? Yes, I am primarily a PC gamer now, but I have uh, every console since the N64 in the house, except the PS4 and X-Bone, because... <laughs> They're new and they don't have enough to offer me that the PC right. doesn't. So, um, oh, I'm gonna get so much hate mail from PS and Xbox fanboys. You know what? I don't even normally like PX and <laughs> and, and PS and Xbox, but just to be difficult, yeah, I would take the opposing opinion. We're also doing a Jim Gaffigan and voicing all the bloggers that will give a shit totally and they'll probably spill their hot pockets on the keyboard <laughs> um no so i primarily focus on pc games for myself but i do keep an eye on the console stuff i am much more of still, a console gamer right uh, and there are still some that come out that are exclusive to the consoles that i do like and will play so uh no hate uh, one way or the other <laughs> just say so what is what has gotten you all geeky wet Okay, well, this past week, Bethesda Studios announced that they were releasing Fallout 4 in November. Yes. um, So that was huge. I have never played any of the Fallout games. Edumacate me. Fallout is huge in my house. Both Z and K play Fallout. Um, They've actually been doing so recently. K was going through a new round of Fallout New Vegas, which was an expansion for Fallout 3. And... Spending a lot of time doing that. And what is it, a first-person shooter? It's a first-person shooter adventure action game. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't, for me, my aesthetic personally, I don't like to play first-person shooter slash adventure games. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm warm and cold on them. Um, I really enjoyed the first Halo and Halo 2. Um I mean, I guess Tomb Raider counts as sort of a third-person shooter, but it's much more about puzzles and figuring things out. I'm really enjoying Red Dead Redemption, but again, that's a more of a third-person yes, shooter third person. with a God, lot Red more. Red Dead Redemption was so good. It's a very cool game. It was so good. Um, so yeah, I never really got hardcore into the whole first-person shooter thing. Um, I tried to play one of the um, 
Oh, what's the one? It's real popular. It's the with the with the little girl on the big guy's shoulder. Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah. And I could not get into it. Well, it's like I mean, Fallout and Bioshock, those are first person action adventure role playing right. games more than just straight shooters. Right. But of course, all the first person games you're shooting something with something. So Right, exactly. That's it's not unfair to call it that. It's just a slightly different feel because you do actually like level up and you get skills and abilities that you can spend in different ways. Yeah, but this Fallout 4, it's it's I've it's seen it a lot online. Huge. People are really excited about this. Yeah, all aboard the hype train. Choo choo. There you go. It's been super big. Uh, so that was big before E3 because that right was announced right before E3 hit. But what did they do? Uh, they show some footage or something at E3? I don't. I think so. I didn't actually see any Fallout stuff from E3. All the Fallout 4 stuff I've seen has been from before E3 opened. But Interesting. It ha- They have to have. And I'm sure it's on the game floor. Like, I'm sure there's something oh, to yeah. play on the game floor. I mean, I'm sure. I say I'm sure. Like, I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, we're I both sort of uh, surmising what it was like. Because neither of us went. But we're both going to get an Oculus Rift later. And, and turn it to E3 and see what it was really like. Yeah, and then we can come back and re-edit this. Yeah. So not sound like complete outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we are. Totally. Uh, so that was the first big news, was the Fallout 4. And that will be coming out in November, which is huge. It'll be set in Boston, and everybody's all excited. Um, it actually kind of led to a a little gripe that I have in that, like, Okay, cool. You have said it in Boston. It's of course a you know dystopian future post-apocalyptic. Yeah. It's equilibrium. Thing. It... <laughs> no. Don't let either of the guys hear that I said that. <laughs> I won't. How <laughs> dare you hear? How yeah. dare you? See, I didn't think I really you had like... a lateral list before. Without you now. I really like to watch people play. People who are good at them, like the guys at my house, like. I like yeah. to watch them play it because oh, I do too. it's a really good story. Well, not just that, but you know, I watched a buddy of mine play the latest uh, Grand Theft Auto recently, and he handed me the controller want to play. I was like, no, I could just sit here and watch you play this for hours, yeah. especially with as intricate as the layouts are and how they really are taking pains to make the locations look like the locations. Like if you know yeah. L.A. in you know the new G- GTA, you can just I want to go down to that liquor store I used to go to yeah. all the time, and it's there. And Seriously, Bethesda and Obsidian have done a really good job yeah. of putting those real-world places in game. So mm-hmm. you totally can. So they've got Fallout 4 set in Boston, which, fine, that's cool, whatever. And apparently it looks like Boston, just, you know, 100-some-odd years in the future from a post-apocalyptic nuclear war. Of course. Uh, my, my kind of gripe is that I am from the Pacific Northwest, which is... Uh, the most beautiful part of the country. And I've been to basically every part of the country. And I think that it would be astounding to have a post-nuclear, post-apocalyptic wasteland set among what is currently the most beautiful place in the nation. Yeah. Because you can just... I can see how, in my mind's eye, how that beauty could be transformed into this hauntingly desolate ghost of its former self and how much a company like Bethesda could bring yeah. to that landscape. Just make and it the first 20 minutes of I Am Legend. <laughs> it would be 
gorgeous and disgusting to see how it was taken from what it is, what it becomes. Like, I just think that would be great if there aren't enough games set there. That's true. And that bugs me. Like, it's nothing about Fallout specifically. It just brought it to mind that, okay, Boston, who, but, eh. It's I'm Boston. waiting for the first Greenville, South Carolina dystopian future game. <laughs> Where you're just wandering through fighting zombies, and you're like, oh, there's the Peace Center. Yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> the river. Yeah. There's a bridge. Yay. There's the Hot Dog King. The Hot Dog King. Hey, that could probably go in a Fallout game. Yeah, it probably could, because the hot dogs, they'd probably still be cooking them. So, Actually, sad news, Hot Dog King has been closed for years. Oh, that is sad. That's pretty sad. So that was kind of pre... What's it called? Pre-E3. But the huge, the hugest news until E3 and recent. So that's big. Hype Train's a move-in on that one. Of course. Um, but there were a bunch of stuff that either got announced or got teased, or there were pictures of things. I know, right? Uh, the, strangely, the one that I kind of got the most excited about to begin with that was like a, oh, I can't wait for that for me. <laughs> I can't wait to play that. Can I play that right now? Was actually the Rising Tide expansion for Civilization Beyond Earth. Oh. <laughs> Which is nothing like as cool as the rest of the stuff. You know what? If Minecraft can be popular, anything can be popular. I mean, it's an awesome game, but it's just, I mean, it's... Do you know anything about Beyond Earth? Not really. At all? See, I'm about 10 years behind on my gaming. Well, Civilization's been around for longer than that. Well, I realize Civilization's been around for longer than that, but um, I've only... Oh, you don't mean literal Civilization? No. Oh, I mean okay. The game. Sorry. Civilization. Uh, it's been around forever, and... You're so impassioned about this game. It actually made really you like speechless. The, the progression of the Civ games has been a huge deal. You know SimCity and stuff, Oh, right? yeah. Okay, well, Civilization is like SimCity, but for worldwide-ness. Awesome. You build your civilization from one tiny village and a soldier to... Oh, you know, I know exactly the game you're talking about now. I've never played it, but I've seen yeah. it. It's And it's through Civilization Five at this point, is the newest Civ game. Right. And it's an online game? It's... no. You can play it. But, they have an, but they're coming out with a new expansion pack. They're coming out with a new expansion pack for Beyond Earth, for Civilization Beyond Earth. Oh, okay. The reason this is exciting to me is that I like the Civ games. The Civ games are fine. But I was always a huge, huge fan of the original Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. Right which is civilization on another planet. The The point is, like, eight different factions have left Earth and they have gone to this new planet. They've all landed on this planet and you have to build your civilization on this whole new planet. Awesome. You're building it with new sort of future tech and dealing with, you know, native flora and fauna and you mm -hmm. have to... Explore and do all that, and it's just—it was just a great game. And that and was. And anytime forever. you're encountering too many of the natives, you have the the smallpox button. You can hit on the <laughs> game, right? With the with the blankets, yeah, yeah. you can take blankets to the um the worms that are there. You can totally do that. Uh, and that was always my favorite. Like I wasn't huge into the Civilization games. I was huge into Alpha Centauri. Like well, I, I knew still some people. It. It's years old. <laughs> I knew some people that you know because I enjoyed. I enjoyed The Sims more than SimCity. 
Um, but I knew some people that I never thought possible got so addicted to SimCity. I'm talking about Super Nintendo era SimCity. Okay. That they, when they were home, that was all they wanted to do. And I remember watching someone play it and go, okay, so you, well, you've got a building there. That's good. Okay, you put another building over there. Okay. But then that transmogrified into a lot of really fun games. That idea, anyway. Um, the Tycoon games for PC, I was really into at one point. Roller Coaster Tycoon, Zoo Tycoon. You know, all those things where you have to run a business and create exhibits and things like that, I, was re- I really enjoyed. And now that has blossomed out into this whole new realm of creating anything. So... I think there's still a big market for those games. I would not be ashamed of my love for them, Carissa, even though it's not Fallout 4. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you can't just go around blowing shit up in every game you play. No, that's true. Um, So, okay, back to Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri is like 20 years old. It's been around forever, and that was it. It was that Alpha Centauri and then Civilization games were the ones that advanced. So we had Civilization, Civ 2, Civ 3, Civ 4, and Civ 5, which was just a couple years ago. And then they announced that they were doing Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth, which was because now Electronic Arts, I believe, owns the rights to the name Alpha Centauri. They own that franchise. Does that worry you? Uh, No, because fuck them. Um, Just as a side note, I hate EA. And I don't really care how much fanboy hate if EA even has fanboys anymore. I get for that. EA sucks. It's a terrible company. It is worse than Comcast. <laughs> they have fanboys for their Madden games. Yeah, that's true. They probably wouldn't if other game companies could make NFL games. <laughs> but they can't. Oh, so... here we go again. Already addressed in a previous podcast. Let's continue. Okay, Thank you, angry so... blogger. EA sucks. Anyway, so Sid Meier's games couldn't make Alpha Centauri, but they don't own shit for Civilization. Sid Meier owns that. So they made what they have called the spiritual successor to Alpha Centauri, which was Civilization Beyond Earth. Um, To be fair, it was really more like uh, Civilization V (laughs) 2.0. It was a lot more like Civ than it was like Alpha Centauri. Extreme Civilization! but it, it's good. It's a good game. It's a solid entry, and it's fine. It's not as much the spiritual successor as I was hoping it was going to be, but that may have just been me overhyping it. It was great. Now they're coming out with an expansion that will be greater. I'm super excited. Woo-hoo. So that was way too much time on a game that means virtually nothing to anybody. You know what, though? This podcast is about the things that we're passionate about. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> oh, so now you're disrespecting your listeners. Very good. So let's move on to our listeners and the things they might be excited about. Yes. So So we got Fallout 4, the thing you're excited about, and what is the next? Let's let's go from least exciting to most. Least exciting to most. Okay. Least exciting. But still exciting. exciting. God of War 3 Remastered. Nice. I like the God of War games. Yeah, me too. They're actually probably the last great thing that I have personally played on a console. Right. I, uh, I had a PS2 cool. until it decided to fall apart, and I had God of War 2, and it yep. was an excellent game. 1 and 3 are, in my opinion, better, but okay. that's kind of to be expected. The second entry in a trilogy is oh, usually sure. the worst. Um, they're great. They were fantastically made. The soundtracks are amazing. 
they're they're really super good. So they're not coming out with a new one, but they are remastering it for the PS4. So it's so going to be the good. same game, cool. but it'll be PS4-able, which will be nice. Not right. super exciting, but it's nice because it really, really was a great game. Yeah, and probably their way of testing the system and the interest in another chapter. I think if they're uh, willing to do that with three, that means they've got a four in the works. They have. There's been kind of a mixed message because they had said initially that because at the end of three, uh, pretty much that was the end. Everybody right. died. Everybody says so that. Oh. <laughs> it, there's not. There wasn't much they were going to go with, and they hadn't been planning on doing that. But then there was other stuff that came. Lest out Lest I remind you, Friday the Thirteenth no, Part I know. Four, the I final totally chapter. I totally know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. I'm not gonna speculate on that. Uh, they're apparently adding some like multiplayer something or nice. online something, but it's not really gonna be a huge difference. It's just gonna be remastered for the PS4. So that's probably the least exciting. But still worth talking about because yeah, they absolutely. are such popular, well-done games and have a huge plethora of fans. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, the next least exciting would be uh, Dishonored 2. Okay. Um, that's also from Bethesda. Bethesda came out huge at EA. They yeah. had like seven games or something. I don't know, some nice. huge announcement. And they were all good. Like, this is all really good shit we're going to give you. Nothing other than Fallout. Huge but all solid entries, right. which is nice. Uh, so this was the one of them, Dis- Dishonored 2. Dishonored 1, do you know anything about it? No. Educate me. It was a, it was a stealth action-adventure game, like a um, first-person, but kind of like... Uh, Those Tom Clancy would fall games? into that. Kind of, it would be a lot like Tom Clancy games yeah. uh, in terms of the engine and how you... What was that ninja game we used to love to play where stealth was a big part of it? Tenchu. Tenchu, Tenchu yeah. Stealth Assassins, hell yeah. Um, this is more adventure action adventure than Tenchu was, mostly because time. <laughs> they had the capability of making games that deep. Right. Which they didn't way back when. Um, so they did Dishonored, and it was very well received. That was only a couple years ago. Right. Very, very well received. Critically acclaimed. The soundtrack is great. It won a BAFTA award in 2013. Ooh. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. They, during testing... A lot of the people that were playtesting the game were like breaking shit. They were doing stuff that the designers <laughs> hadn't envisioned being done, like combining skills and abilities in ways that they hadn't thought of. And instead of disallowing that through mechanics and gameplay, they just redesigned shit to make that possible. Which is really what a good manufacturer should do. Yes. Like people I mean, like, are enjoying this in a way we didn't plan on. We should allow that as opposed yes. to going, no. That's exactly, which is kind of why it made this list of important things to me because. That sort of development is something that I think needs to be encouraged. Yeah. Um, and again, Bethesda, they're not bad at putting out games people really like to play. Apparently not. So, no. So they've got a Dishonored 2 coming up, which looks pretty amazing and makes... <laughs> I watched the um, preview trailer, uh-huh. um, or the announcement trailer, and it made me feel feel sad for myself that I don't like to play first-person stealth games. <laughs> I guess like, you're going to have to get on board now. What uh, yeah. consoles is it for? It's non-exclusive, so it's coming out for uh, basically everything. Cool. I think. Um, PS3, a small sidebar. PS4, uh, I did get very Xbox excited when I saw the trailer for the new Battlefront. Yes, we will get to Battlefront. Okay, good. Um, actually, we can just talk about Battlefront now. 
Okay, good. I am not all that excited about Battlefront, actually. Um, no, I'm sorry. Oh, Let me take it back. I really hate the fact that there's a Battlefront coming out. Why? It's made by EA. We have t- touched on why I don't like EA. Yes, but the preview trailer looked awesome. Yeah, the trailers always look awesome. Well, here's the only thing about Battlefront. Battlefront is one of the only games I have ever played and thoroughly enjoyed where what you do in the game doesn't change a fucking thing. I really loved that aspect of it, to be honest, because you'd be that one stormtrooper and you could just sit there on your ass doing nothing and your side would win because you're only controlling one soldier out of a thousand. So as long as your side's doing well, you don't have to do anything. I had a lot of fun watching uh, my ex's son, Tommy, play that game when he was younger because he would just spend his time pushing people off bridges on his team, not on his team. Didn't matter. He just enjoyed pushing them off bridges and his team would still win. Or you could be kicking ass in that game and you still lose because what the rest of your troops are doing matters just as much. So I always thought that was an interesting concept. Um, I really wasn't sure how much more they could do with it because you already had all the planets involved in the Star Wars universe at one point, most of them anyway. You had the vehicles, you had the the lightsabers and the stormtroopers and the rebels and the Empire and everything. So I'm kind of like, what? how could they push this further? That's, that's my big question mark about Here's the thing. They aren't pushing it further. They're regressing it. Mm. Do you want to know what's not in Star Wars Battlefront 2? Okay. Space battles. Oh, that's not good. Any content from the prequels. Wow. A bunch of maps. Huh. Uh, you can't drive AT-ATs anymore. Oh, really? No Galactic Conquest missions. Huh. Uh, it's like it's half the game that the first game was. The first game was put out a decade ago. Right. Because EA sucks donkey balls. <laughs> You have such a love-hate relationship with them right now. Oh, no. It's hate, hate. Fucking hate. All hate. Well... Like, I wouldn't hate them because they could... They are a huge company. They could carve their name on the moon with a laser. What they can't do, however, is give a shit about their customers and produce quality product. Like, they could because they have the money, they have the talent... But they don't. They, like, refuse to. They are the fucking Comcast of gaming. I can't mm. stand what they do to those games. Well, maybe the graphics will be really nice. I'm sure the graphics will be really nice. I'm playing Devil's Advocate right now. I'm sure they will. But it won't be a game worth playing, in my opinion. Well, well the jury will be out on that one. Um, and I did I did realize what I was watching was the sort of cutscenes. Um, yeah. The movie version. Yeah, but it did look pretty badass. It got me excited about it. I'm not going to go out and buy it first thing because I'm assuming it's for the next generation consoles. Anyway, none of which I have. But (laughs) I will eagerly await people's opinions of it and see how it does with the public, per se. Okay. Let's see. Moving on. Let's just stick with Bethesda. They are rebooting Doom. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Uh, so they're putting out Doom 3, the new Doom 3. It's it's a reboot, so it doesn't actually change anything right. about But they really needed to update that game. Yeah. But Doom was a fun enough great. game 
But you go back and look at it now. Yeah, I yeah, I ordered a, uh, a an old Tomb Raider game, Tomb Raider yeah. Revelations or something like that, for my PS Vita, and was just like, I've forgotten how blocky yeah. and difficult these games are. <laughs> uh, so they're redoing Doom Three. The graphics look amazing. Oh, I'm um, sure it's much gorier. There are a yes. bunch of new gameplay elements. There's going to be some online stuff. I was going to say you got to get uh, multiplayer for Doom. It's just basically. Uh, Everything everybody wanted Doom 3 to be able to have now. Excellent. And it's just going to have it. It's what it looks like. I'm on board. So that's exciting. Uh, let's see. Talked about Fallout 4. Bethesda also announced a new game called Battlecry. Okay. Which... Do you know about the game Team Fortress 2? Uh, heard of it. Never played it. Okay. Um, Team Fortress 2 is free to play it's a first person shooter game it's multiplayer team based you and five or 15 or 20 of your friends it's usually <laughs> like it's usually like six to eight yeah uh, of, your, of your friends or complete strangers on the internet line up against nine to 20 or whatever other complete strangers on the internet and you run at each other with different sorts of weapons and kill each other nice it's tf2 is really goofy clowny sort of game like that it's very sure. cartoony it's hilarious but you know uh, why do people love goldeneye because you could do the big head version or yeah. you go you could yeah, do exactly. the paintball version exactly and so it's super fun even i like it it's one of two first person shooter type games that i actually really love do you ever I get really motion sick playing those no hmm. do you i have before hmm. anyway carrying on okay so anyway that's TF2. It's one of many types of games like it. It's just a first-person battle shooter. Excellent. And uh, Battlecry looks to be one of those, a first-person nice. battle shooter. It's accepted. Like, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work. Because okay. it was just kind of preview stuff. Yeah. Like, there was no, that I've seen yet no super detailed info okay this was one of looks, the teases then yeah but it this looks was where cool. they sort of licked the gamer clit a little a little bit just a tiny tiny just bit. A... and i really like the the genre i guess of team-based battle shooters first yes. shooters, because tf2 is fun and hilarious and i just like the concept of it and bethesda makes good games so maybe it'll be a great game uh let's see any big Nintendo news at the E3? No. <laughs> They've just given up. They're like, well, fuck it. I mean, that's not entirely true. There was a lot of Nintendo news. It just, well, none of it was all that <laughs> newsy. I mean, I have you a list. Talking. I might look up some stuff while you're talking. I have a list of all the stuff that they talked about. Like, every point. Yeah, right. uh, let's see. Star Fox Zero. That is exciting. Star Fox games are fun. Mm. The Wii is just, I don't know, not I know what out. your issues are. We've discussed, but it's I would play a Star Fox out. game. Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes on the 3DS. Every Hyrule new Warriors. Zelda game should be greeted with celebration, except just, for the CDO games I showed you. It's just Zelda on 3DS. It's just a 3DS Zelda game. Hyrule Warriors Legends. 3DS. Awesome. 
Well, uh, you know, the 3DS was, and this might be what comes of the Wii U as well, is that you know when the 3DS first came out, it was looked at as a failure. And then about a year after it hit the shelves, its sales started going up dramatically. So it yeah, looked the 3DS like it is basically be... Nintendo's console now. But, but, uh, yeah, and and you know what? As long as as long as it's making them money and they can come out with good games for it, I'm all for that. I do not have a 3DS, nor does my daughter. She still has a DS. Um, but hey, if it's good, it deserves to do well. Yeah, it's just the the platform is so limited in yeah. itself that there's really. Uh, a very pretty low ceiling. But I think it's it's for people that enjoy like pure gameplay. Um, like for me, for example, you know, I just started playing a DC online a couple of weeks ago and it's a lot of fun. But I think one of the reasons I like consoles is because I'm not necessarily a person that needs a high ceiling as long as I get a good game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's totally fair. My problem with it is that like I don't I don't need a game to be Crisis or Crisis 2, and I don't need a game to be Fallout 4 for it to be enjoyable for me. Right. But you're, it's such a limiting platform. There's, I don't know. Well, obviously I, it's not going to be comparable to the newer no, consoles true. that are coming out or and you'd PC. you totally have to take the stuff that's put out for handhelds to be its own yes. thing. And I'm not trying to compare whatever you're putting out for the handheld to Beyond Earth, or right. I mean, you know, or Fallout 4. Like, that's not fair. It's not a good comparison. It's not a worthwhile comparison. So I get that. Uh, it's just not a very interesting. It's not the type platform. of gaming that appeals to you. Not really. Yeah. And I mean, I've had handhelds before, and I like them just fine. I had a DS myself. I thought it was great for the couple of games that I played on right. it. And I mean, and that was long after the DS was like a thing. Well, I went back to the past and got a Game Boy Advance from Amazon, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's me. Like, I'm not a big online guy. Um, I've even been playing some of my Xbox games online, and people want to come in and help, but I'm just like, nah. <laughs> I, I just I just still have such a disdain for all other human beings. Present company excluded, of course. No, I'm with you. No, good. Yeah, there's a Lucky 10,000, the people. podcast that brings people together in hatred. Yes. Do you hate people, too? <laughs> then don't listen to us, because we don't give a shit. <laughs> um, let's see. So there's Animal Crossing for the Amiibo. That would be interesting. Uh, my daughter just went to bed right before we started this podcast, and she was still playing the Animal Crossing for GameCube. Dude, Animal Crossing is one of the best games Nintendo ever It's made. pretty adorable. It's amazing. It's, it's she caught a fish tonight for the first time. <gasps> really? She should yeah. fish more. There are plenty to catch. <laughs> Fishing in Animal Crossing. She was very super excited. Good. Well, yeah. I remember you were the one that when we had the Link game for N64, you just wanted to yeah. fish. Yeah, it's great. Even <laughs> after you even after you accomplished whatever the fishing was supposed to do, I would watch you play it. And you're like, I would just love to see that play out in the real world. Link, you've got to save the world from that pig guy again. Yeah, but they're biting. Yeah. They are biting today. Yep, totally. Have to get with you on that later. <laughs> um so new Animal Crossing stuff is exciting to me, but again, it's still on the Wii. And mm. uh, I know that they did announce something about Metroid. Don't oh get yeah! Don't 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 get excited. Oh, well. It apparently has nothing to do with Metroid, oh. and Metroid fans on the internet are shooting themselves. They're oh. so angry. Don't go that far. They're so mad. 
And I don't blame them because seriously, maybe lose a lip out, or something. If you put something out with the name Metroid and yeah, it has so nothing to do with it? Metroid, I I honestly don't know. Like the people who know enough to explain what's wrong with it, the only thing that I've really gotten out of it is that there's no no Samus. Wow. Oh. And it's like centered on the enemy or something. Oh. Like it's about you're playing as a little Metroid, just wandering. I don't around. know. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I didn't get exactly what they were saying because it was very hard to read between all the sobbing and the wanting to shoot people and yeah anger. but it's it's apparently pretty bad well and apparently you know too like the the other sort of transforming thing about metroid it was also almost the greatest joke played on gamers ever because when the first one came out you know, there weren't a lot of women heroes in yeah. games. And you play that whole game having no idea that I'm you're playing a as a woman. Badass. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, I was a chick. I was a girl. Yeah. And it's grown into one of the better Nintendo yeah. franchises, although under, uh, underappreciated, I think, in a lot of corners. You're probably you know, right in a lot of corners, but uh, not by any gamers I know. Right. <laughs> well, they're just consistently good games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, and the I was is grim about this one. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, I don't get that. It's like you know the big thing in in the re-release of Return of the Jedi, which everyone was so excited about, more Boba Fett, and then it was just like a guy in a Boba Fett suit standing in the background when he wasn't there in the first movie. Yeah, or literally just walking by the camera and doing nothing. So that's kind of what this is, I guess. It's Metroid, but not yeah, because really. we said so. Yeah. Okay, so here are the two next. These are actually maybe not quite as exciting as a couple of the Bethesda things, but uh, the two next least exciting okay. things to me. Halo 5 Guardians. Nice. Xbox exclusive, of course, because it's a Halo game. Of which is fine. Uh, if you like Halo, apparently you will like Guardians. Good. I'm not entirely sure about that because apparently there's no Master Chief. He died, I think, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. Uh, no, because the just the little blurb says, A mysterious and unstoppable force threatens the galaxy while the Master Chief is missing and his loyalty questioned. Huh. Experience the most dramatic Halo story to date in a four-player cooperative epic that spans three worlds. Nice. I mean, so it sounds cool, but, like, come on, Master Chief. Yeah, but, I mean, hey. what is Master Chief other than just a dude in a suit? But you have other Master dudes Chief. in suits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Master Sergeant. I'm Master Colonel. That's all you need. Uh, so anyway, it's apparently it's very hyped and it's coming and it's cool. It looks like there's a couple new gameplay elements and some interesting stuff. A lot of online multiplayer focus, awesome. which is not which is not surprising at all. No, not these days. Um, but it does have a campaign, which is good because some games are just forgetting that some people don't like to play online. Right. I don't know if yeah, that, be that good, is something but... I have noticed is a lot of games put so much emphasis on their online yep. play that they forget and... their solo game to be played. Yeah, and that yeah. that is a definite detriment I think to the whole industry because, like I say, I enjoy online gaming just fine. But my preference is, you know, to come home on a Friday after work, after the daughter goes down, have a little nightcap and just play by myself and not have to, you know, well, I can't sign on because my whole group isn't signed on or, you know, I can't continue with this mission because we left off and I don't want to go further than everybody else. You know, I just if I want to play, I don't want to play it. Mm -hmm. 
and that is sorely lacking. Yes. So um, yay for them. Yay. So hopefully it'll be a decent campaign, and the online stuff looks very well fleshed out. Yes. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, also coming out. Okay. Um, that's... I It's a first-person shooter. I don't play yeah. it. I've never um, gotten into Call of Duty. Um, from what I, I understand, say... one of the issues that some people have with Call of Duty... One of the things that the people that love Call of Duty love about it, and the people that don't love about it, I think, have a justified reason. It's a little too real. It's pretty real. In that, you know, like Halo for example, is fun because you're shooting aliens and, yeah. you know, you can get shot like 50 times. And you're all in this powered armor. You're in armor like, and there's always have... like a med yeah. pack to pick up where, you yeah. know, all he has to do is walk over it and all of a sudden he's healed. Right. And in Call of Duty, it's like five seconds into the game. You're like, come on, we're going to take this. Yeah. And you're done. Yeah. Um, I, the thing that I like about Call of Duty or the reason that it's on my list at all is because it's pretty big in the esports scene. Okay. Call of Duty is the major, uh, you know, team-based strategy shooter games. Yes, that is that is true, and that is a cool element. And in it's not one of those games where you can just walk into because a lot of shooter games, you don't have to know shit about strategy or anything. You just are plunked down in the middle of a field and hide behind a rock and shoot every once in a while, and you're good. But if you're in a scenario that is very similar to real war, everybody has to have a job and you have to be somewhat adept at doing it or the whole team fails. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of like what it. I've heard is really cool about the uh, heist options on the new GTA is that you can get online and pull a heist and everyone has a job and you yeah. have to do that job. You can't just wander around shooting shit. You know, if you're the getaway guy, you got to be the getaway guy. Yeah, and that's um, a part of the solo player campaign as well. Yeah. Or at least the side missions part. Um, so yeah, Call of Duty is exciting to me because it's part of the esports scene that I follow at least some. Okay. And it's cool to me that they're continually developing a game that is bringing more people into esports as a viable spectator venue oh absolutely you know we were just talking about how much fun it can be to watch someone play a game sometimes yeah absolutely and when you you know i'm not really into sports i like the ufc just fine i can handle football sometimes but there is an interest to me to sit down in front of the tv and watch people play games as long as it's not you know the pong world championship yeah like watching skilled people do anything perform well at something that you at least feel like you could partake in even yeah. if not anywhere near that level. And then you do get invested because you form allegiances with the people. Yeah. You know, there are people that no matter how talented they are, you hate them and you want to see them lose, Tom Brady. And <laughs> there are uh, you know, so you know, that gets you invested. I wouldn't surprise me if, if fantasy gaming came out at some point. Oh, it's out. It's been oh, okay. out. It's well, a there huge you go. deal. A huge, huge deal. I mean, among anybody that watches esports, right? Obviously, um, yeah, that's that's already well established. And Call of Duty is the one, the type of game that it is. It's the one that is biggest in esports. Perfectly suited for it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting to watch people who are truly skilled at that do it really well. Mm -hmm. And again, part of the appeal of esports at all, even though I hate 
playing games like Call of Duty, mostly because I totally suck at them, I can play Call of Duty. Right. I can't at all play football. Right. Like, I can watch football. I can watch basketball. I can watch all of those sport games. Sport games, listen to me. I sound like I don't understand sports. <laughs> I can watch sports and enjoy watching sports. I can partake sports. in those athletic Sporting game activities. No, I can watch them and get them, and I understand the rules and oh, why. Oh, that fellow got a good rogering, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I can't play. I, I literally cannot play those games. I can totally play Call of Duty if I want to. The thing about the football games, I have had a couple. And to be totally honest, you know, I give people that play a lot of Madden a little bit of shit, but they can be really fun. Um, Where all those games always trip me up is picking a defense. I really don't have any idea what the fuck I'm doing with the defense. And again, it's kind of like Battlefront. Defense more than anything, it almost doesn't matter what your guy is doing. You've picked the defense, everybody else is going to do what they're supposed to do, and your guy can literally just be running around, hands flailing. (laughs) 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 You'll still succeed or fail based on what the rest of the defense is doing. However, playing offense in a football game, is a a video game, is a lot of fun. So, new COD, that was pretty cool. Yep. Um, New Tomb Raider. Ooh, I'm in. Uh, Uh, Again, assuming I'm for the new... You know, like the PS4 yes, and the Xbox One. So also for PC. Oh, okay, cool. I think, I think. Don't quote me on that because I may be wrong. But now, I was think... there something, speaking of the consoles, about Xbox Ones now being able to uh, play uh, past generation console games? Uh, I was wrong. It's for Xbox One and Xbox 360 only. So. Oh, well, 360. I, I can handle that. Uh, so, yeah, it does for 360. And the Xbox phone is supposed to be backwards compatible yes that's what i've heard uh let me check the internet google will tell me backward compatibility is here yep (laughs) for xbox 360 right who wants to play xbox anymore i mean it would probably look like shit so you're you're absolutely right yeah um so yeah it can play 360 games awesome that's cool. And Tomb Raider is for Xbox only, although it might port to PC later. Cool. Uh, that's just a guess. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Thing, uh, so. I never got to play the 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 uh, the sort of re- rebooted Tomb Raider, but I saw people play it. And again, a game I could watch someone play, especially with yeah. all the different ways that they found for Laura Croft to die. Yeah. And that uh, was a big deal when the first Tomb Raider came out. I think a lot of sort of women's groups even got on them for that. A, you know, yeah. her proportions are ridiculous <laughs> in the early games. Like, she can't ca- crawl through crevices and rocks. She can't yeah. even wear a bra. But um, they also uh, were worried when people got a little bit too much joy out of watching her drown. It was funny. Which, as someone who played the game, it was entertaining. Yeah. Not because I hate women, just because if she were a dude, I would have liked to have seen him drown as well. Yeah. Like, to me, as a girl who also plays video games, uh, I think that shit's hilarious. Yeah. I have no... As long as the game is not about, like, specifically, let's kill a chick, the game, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just playing the game and the protagonist dies, because the protagonist dies in video games. Right. Then, fine. 
I don't well, it's like I shit who the protagonist is at that point. It's going to die. In this week's episode of the Bearded Ones podcast, I uh, found an old clip of uh, Custer's Revenge and show Jason. If you don't know what that game is, you should look it up. You ever heard of it? I will have to look it up. I don't think so. Uh, it was back in the days of Atari when they forgot or didn't realize that if you don't license things and make it impossible for people to make games for your system, then people will make games for your system and sell them in stores. And so there were a lot of people making, you know, bootleg Atari games. Oh, is this the one where he's like having sex with girls or? No, he's not having sex with girls per se. Uh, The object of the game, and imagine this in old Atari graphics, is you've got a naked Custer and a naked squaw tied to a cactus. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he's got to make it across a field of arrows being shot at him to the squaw. And uh, let's just say... uh, uh, And he's got like a huge boner, right? Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah, okay. I I have never seen it, but I've seen screenshots It's basically, they could have just as easily called it Rape the Squaw. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, I mean, she's, she's not a willing participant. No, she's tied, she's to, tied a to a cactus. cactus. Okay. I don't know why any of her brave brethren don't come down and untie her instead of just trying to shoot Custer. But, you know, it is Custer, okay. so she's probably not that excited about it anyway. Right. Um, and that was, a, that was a big deal. Yeah, there are clips on YouTube. Check them out. Like, that's a, thi- that's a thing. Yeah, I could see somebody easily not. getting offended by that. I probably wouldn't really pay, pay for a game like that. I mean, it's just... And, and I said this on the podcast. It's... I consider myself a pretty liberal guy. I don't like offending people. I also think that humor should have no boundaries on it. Yes. Um, and it is, it's almost like the scene in Kill Bill when Uma Thurman goes into the restaurant. It's so over the top. You can't take it seriously that it's funny. Okay. When there's that much blood jutting out of a person after she's cut off their arm. Right. It's purposefully over the top so the object of this game wasn't to say we think this is what should happen to women it was to say we just want to be as offensive as possible it was like a video game version of a south park episode yeah and so, i mean that's fine again i probably wouldn't buy it because no oh i wouldn't buy it or whatever it. no anyway where were we uh we had just said that the new tomb raider's coming out yes and i'm very excited about that and they figured out some brutal ways to kill her on the last one yeah so let's uh, see the, what they do to her this time. The preview trailer. <laughs> have you seen the preview trailer? No, I have not. The preview trailer is hit her um, climbing up a sheer ice face of a mountain. So she's like free climbing with her ice yeah. face. And then the mountain falls over <laughs> like, on top of her. <laughs> and then the trailer ends. Like, so they really know this is what people get. She those just games dies. For. I mean, she doesn't die because she's Laura Croft, obviously. Yeah. She's she'll be fine, but she's on the top of this ice cliff face, and the mountain falls over on top of her. Yeah, that's the trailer. <laughs> it's nice. amazing. Uh, so yeah, they, they need to find a way to put Laura Croft in Mortal Kombat because that's all people want to see is just every awful fatality done to her that they possibly can. Um, okay, so the last three things are the super exciting. Ooh. Things. So these are the big ones. We're now going from the tease to full-on penetration. Hit me. Okay. Uh, the first of the final three, uh, Square Enix announced that, or gave us the preview trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3. Excellent. Which is super exciting to me, because Kingdom Hearts 
is an amazing franchise. Talk about Kingdom Hearts. Is it a is it an RPG? Yes. I have heard of Kingdom Hearts. I'm not that ignorant. But for those who are listening who are laymen, everyone's heard of Kingdom Hearts. Move along. It's an, it's you, an action RPG. Uh, it's a crossover or collaboration between Square Enix and Disney. Right. It's And amazing. you were a big fan of the first two? Oh my god, yes. The first was better than the second, but that's to be expected in a trilogy. The first and third are always better. Except for Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back is considered to just shut up. Okay. <laughs> so I'm really excited because at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, there was this super weird tra- teaser, maybe? Okay. Was or it like, what? did it did it end on a cliffhanger? <laughs> no, not really. But okay. <laughs> the teaser did. Like, it was a post-credits sort of movie, but, it, you know. 30 seconds long or whatever. Turns out Mickey Mouse has his own Tyler Durden. And it didn't look like Kingdom Hearts. It was the first much... rule of Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. That's a good impression. That would be a weird Thank crossover. You very much. Anyway, the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 had this teaser that was like realistic looking. And how long has it been since Kingdom Hearts 2? Oh, a while. Okay. Nearly. And is this another decade? PC game, typically? No, it's a PlayStation game. Okay. Although it came out on every platform. Right. Except PC that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay. Which is weird. You'd, you'd think a game like that would be open to online multiplayer options. And I mean, I know the consoles can all do that now, but I don't know. It seems like a game that would be very suited for PC. Uh, Yeah, it could easily be played on the PC. But it's a Square Enix game or a Squaresoft game. Right. Um, so maybe, I mean, and they had it like an exclusive rights, kind of like Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's... So what are you the most excited about? Just kind of finding what the next chapter in the story is, or just being able to play any new chapter in the series? Both, both. I'm excited about both of those. Uh, it's such a well-done franchise. Right. It's just, I really like Square's games. I've liked Final Fantasy games. I mean, I they've like. done a great job with what they do. I'm not necessarily a yeah. fan of what they do because those type of RPGs are not necessarily sure. my wheelhouse. Yes, absolutely. But they have done a great job. I mean, when Final Fantasy 7 came out, you couldn't swing a dead cat without finding a gamer that said it was one of the best games they'd ever played at that time. These guys know what they're doing, and they're very good at it. Yes. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But Right. Um, and honestly, it's not though the Final Fantasy games are not really my thing. I love to watch other people play them, but I'm too ADD to sit down and really. Yeah, that that was my issue. I think we've talked about it before. I didn't even really like watching people play it. I had a girlfriend who was dedicated to Final Fantasy VII, and you know, watching the game kind of bored me. And then I tried to play it, and I just got frustrated because the combat system. You know, you've yeah, got your little not... icon just running around, and all of a sudden you're trying to do something, and then you can't go two centimeters without wow, 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 and all of a sudden you're in a fight with some stupid whatever. Um, seeing people display their powers was cool. But now the thing to me about Kingdom Hearts, it's it's almost like I always say, like the musical Oliver is. You come to me with a concept where you're going to take Oliver Twist and make a musical, and I go, hmm? Sounds like a terrible idea. So somebody at some point came to somebody else and said, you know, it would be great. An action RPG featuring Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You go, that's uh, the no. worst fucking yes. idea I've ever heard. And it is absolutely brilliant. 
that's great. It it seriously it's fun to watch. It's fun to play. The story is deep and involved and both um able to be grasped by children. I was going to say you have to you can't have like Mickey Mouse ripping out somebody's heart at some point oh, no, during the game. Not at all. And the the evil that you're fighting or whatever are they're just it's bad. Like that's the villain. The villainy yeah, but is wh- badness. It's like what are the Mar- there's never been a Mario game that wasn't an adult oriented game but everyone loves the mario games yeah so, and it, this yeah. is kind of like that it's it's childlike yes but it is for the child in every adult right and it also gives children credit because you yes. watch kids play games especially strategy games they catch on so much faster than you think yes. they will you have to treat them with some sort of respect in in every sort of art form including video games because it yes. also should challenge you and it doesn't talk down to children, right. neither does it um, talk up to adults. It's they're so well done. It's like a good I've Pixar been very movie. impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So the that incredible. was uh, number three. That sounds awesome. You're actually making me want to start playing them. You sh- you should, honestly. They're really, really good and I think you would enjoy them. Excellent. Um I can't decide of the other two. Let's do... Okay, I know. I know which one to do last. Okay. So, the second most exciting is uh, Shenmue 3 was announced. Do you know about the Shenmue? No. (laughs) Okay. Do you know about Virtua Fighter? Yes. Okay. Who doesn't know Virtua Fighter? Right. Do you remember the character Akira from Virtua Fighter? Yes, I do. Okay. The developer of... Virtua Fighter, way back in the day, whatever, the end of the 90s or whatever, uh, took Akira from Virtua Fighter and wanted to make an RPG. Very nice. Out of him. They did that. It's not an action RPG because it's not an RPG. It's an action-adventure game. Uh, But it took on kind of a life of its own while it was in development. Long story short, it's not Akira. It's a different hero entirely, sure. but he looks just like Akira. Right. Because <laughs> that's where it started. And it became uh, kind of the best game ever made. Okay. It is accredited by many as one of the best games that has ever been produced. It's uh, one of the first large open world adventure nice. games. Uh, it has non-linear gameplay. It's got a lot of real-life aspects that it simulates. Very cool. It's just, it it was really good, and it was put out uh, for the Dreamcast. Oh, that's why I don't know it. <laughs> um, <sighs> initially, it was supposed to be for uh, the system that was before the Dreamcast. Right. Whatever. I think they were going to come out with well, you know, Sega did the the Genesis obviously, which was a huge success for them, and I loved my Genesis. And then they tried to upgrade with the Sega CD bullshit. And then yeah, I think there was something they were tinkering with before the Dreamcast came out, but I think it got away from them. Yeah. Because I think PlayStation jumped on to the bandwagon and came out with a better system earlier. And then eventually you get the Dreamcast, which, for all intents and purposes, was a great console. It just got buried under everything else that was coming yeah. out around it. 
um, okay, so Shinmoy came out. It was it is like the, one of the highest scoring games ever. Cool. Consistently, still to this day, people think of it as one of the best games ever made. Graphics, especially for the time, right? Incredible. It completely used every ounce of capability the Dreamcast had, right? Which at the time wasn't laughable. I mean, it was no, it a really wasn't. System. You know, the Dreamcast is one of those things that has sort of been shoved into the dark corners of video game history, but the console itself was really pretty good and came with a lot of neat things that yeah. even consoles today haven't latched on to. It just got eaten up by business. Um, okay, so Shenmue, the original, was a masterpiece, and it introduced to gaming a bunch of things that we still use to this day that hadn't been seen previously okay. or had only been seen in very limited space uh, like open world gameplay or 3d open world gameplay um quick time events awesome persistent sandboxing part of right. the open world gameplay which also sounds like a sex thing yeah right fully voiced npcs like these things are things that shenmue did that's who did it nice that's why we have them now is because they were done then so revolutionary. Yes, and super good. So that was 15, 16 years ago. And still playable today. Uh, probably. Yeah. Not perfect graphics or anything, but sure. I playable. Mean, like, like you could actually stand to look at we've it. We've had this conversation before. Yeah. None of the, the original Nintendo games hold up graphic-wise, but the right game, I could play Super Mario Bros. 3 any day of the week. Yeah. Um, okay, so then... A couple years later, they came out with Shenmue 2. Still for a, the Dreamcast? Uh, no, this was for the Xbox. Okay. No, I guess maybe it was for Dreamcast and Xbox. I think it came out for awesome. Dreamcast first and then was ported to the Xbox because Microsoft bought the franchise. Something like that. Uh, so it was a direct sequel. Like it picked up awesome. at the end of Shenmue 1 and continued the story and was also great. Not quite as great as the first one, of course. but great. Kind of like a bunch of games that were amazing a decade ago. There's been a lot of nostalgia and hope for remakes, reboots, sequels, continuations of a franchise. This has always been one of them. Gamers who played this always want there to be a Shenmue 3. So this has been a really long time coming. Yes, they announced it at E3, and the crowd went out of its mind. Nice. Here's the thing that makes it most awesome to me. They started the Kickstarter for it when they announced it oh, yesterday. Oh, okay. They've already they made their money, haven't they? <laughs> yesterday. They announced the funding target of $2 million. It opened when they announced it at E3. Within one hour, they had $1 million. Nice. They funded in 12 hours. It's already funded. They announced it yesterday. And having just survived a Kickstarter myself for our web series, the first five years, www.jackandcarmen.com. <laughs> that's whore. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to say it under your breath. <laughs> just a shameless whore. Totally. Yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it broke records. Nothing has funded that fast. Not with a target that high, especially. That game better be fucking good, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm sure that they're that everyone else is saying that as well. <laughs> like, and now Shinmui 3, without the lead characters you've come to know. 
Yes, and also uh, EA bought it while we it's were. It's a racing it. game, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would burn places. Featuring Diddy Kong. <laughs> so that was super exciting because it is such a legacy. And yeah. it did fund so damn fast. And people were so excited about it. That's amazing. I again now you've made me want to try and go back and play these games. Yeah, absolutely. They're um, totally worth going back to play. So now we're down to number one, and down this is the thing one. that you have reserved for the most exciting. Is this most exciting to you, or most exciting to the gaming community as a whole? Um, I'm gonna say six of one, half dozen of the other. Okay. Some people will be more excited about like, more excited or for whatever. you than Kingdom Hearts three. As a composite of all possible things to be excited about, yes. Excellent. Hit me. I, I can't decide if I want to tell you or show you. Do you want me to show oh. you? Like, I can send you the link. With all the innuendo that I've been putting into this conversation, oh, yes, I want you to show me. Okay. Well, then I will send you the link. Oh, I've heard of this. They're redoing Final Fantasy VII. They are indeed. Nice. I mean, right? Come it's on. pretty monumental. And again, speaking as a person who just very recently on this very podcast said I was never really into Final Fantasy, uh, that kind of got me excited about it. I will but, probably won't play it, but that got me no, kind of I excited mean, about it. That's perfectly fair because, honestly, if you don't enjoy playing the type of game that it is, the fact that it's going to look so amazing isn't going to change the type of game that it is. No, but so it might be more interesting fair. to watch this time. Honestly... A, yes, it might be more interesting to watch. I have always liked to watch it anyway, but I think it'll be even better. But Final Fantasy VII is one of those games. It's a game everybody knows. Yes, absolutely. Whether you've played it, whether you liked it or not, you know it. It's the cornerstone of that franchise. Absolutely. Even though there have been 17,000 different yeah. Final Fantasy games. That's and What's interesting to me know. also about that series is that they're all different. They're all different. They're not related. That's amazing, and that is, honestly, I see the gaming community being very excited about it, and I get it. It's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's a Transformers 4. I'm not excited about that at all. <laughs> you know, right. it's Because, really, people want to keep, want to go back and play it again, and it, it, it is playable still, but it hasn't held up. No. It's among, you know, what were we just saying about Tomb Raider? I loved Tomb Raider when it first came out, then went back right. and tried to play it, and I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? But... I think largely with a lot of the Final Fantasies that have come out since 7, there have been a couple exceptions, but largely it's been like, this is a cool game, I guess, but I would but rather no play 7 Fantasy again. 7, yeah, like, exactly. And so we give Hollywood and we give gaming companies a lot of shit for redoing shit right. a bunch. But this is why. But This is a perfect example of why, if they get it right. But if you can bring us something that we want with technology that has advanced beyond what we had. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be mad about that. It's not no. that we don't want you to give us stuff again. It's that we want it to be the right stuff at the right well, time. Don't the just list of exciting things that you've read off. I mean, they're pretty sequels, much exclusively sequels. Remakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I love, I love watching nerd kids get all oh, excited about their nerd thing because, like, there's so much pretense about, I think because as a defense against yes. people making fun of us for liking video games or whatever yes. happens to be the thing that's nerdy or whatever that we love, right. we get shit on for that. And so as a pretense, we tend to just be like, 
I am a either super stoic about it, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. Or we get really like angry and rebellious about how much we love stuff and get all right. fanboy and threaten people about how yes. much better our thing is Group than their thing or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. But like when it's just that sheer that moment of sheer joy I'm of tell experiencing you right now, that joy, that's beautiful. And that most, is what's awesome. One of the most adorable things I've seen recently is uh, you know, I've got all these gamer things here now. I've got, you know, a GameCube and a retro duo, and I can play old Nintendo games and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. My friend Todd, who was never given the opportunity to play much Nintendo as a kid because his parents thought it would be a waste of time. Okay. Um, so he only saw Nintendos through, uh, you know, hanging out at a friend's house or whatever. I got a bunch of old Nintendo games off of Amazon. Uh, can I just give a shout out? I fucking love Amazon. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I invited him over to the house to play some old Nintendo games. And the look on his face when I handed him RC Pro-Am, which was like his Aww. favorite game he ever played in the 80s, was adorable. And I that's that. what you want to see. People, you know, people get too wrapped up in fucking being adults and they don't realize that, yeah, but there's still a kid trapped down in there. I think that's the thing that I have come to love about my 30s is that, yes, I'm an adult, but what that means is that I get to be a kid whenever Absolutely. I want to. I don't have to pretend that I'm all grown up and adult, yes. special and cool. I can just fucking freak out about the fact that Final Fantasy VII is getting a remake. It's like you do awesome. the things you have to do. You get the responsibilities out of the way so that you can sit down and go, okay, take me to another place. Yeah. Let me just have some unfettered, pure fun. Yeah. And, you know, everybody gets that in different ways. It's just more socially acceptable if you like to go hiking. Yeah, but, or, you know, to the football game or to the bar right. or whatever other adults do. Like, fuck it. I still don't think of myself as being in my mid-30s because I right. play video games and I like to nap. Like, I don't give exactly. a shit. And, so you're but, the perfect mixture of young and old. Yeah. Do you get so done with like, that video I just, game? I just want to take a nap. Like, that's what I'm going to do when I'm in my old, old age is just play fucking play video, video games. games. Take naps. Yeah. It sounds wonderful. Hell that yeah! Like a great life. I'm gonna be watching E3 trailers in my wheelchair, going, "Yeah, Final <laughs> Fantasy 29 or whatever." They're it's remaking be great. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Well, and it'll be that same childlike joy that I get every time somebody tells me oh, I'm gonna be able to build my own shelters in Fallout 4 or whatever. <laughs> it's just gonna be like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Of course it is, and there's no shame in that. And you know. No. Geekinum is much more accepted now than it used yes, to be. Yes, absolutely. We're very lucky for that. But still, there is definitely a level of it that once you go too far, people are like, ugh. You know, people that go to Comic-Cons see people in costumes and are like, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, it's because they're passionate about something. Yeah. If you're a carpenter as a hobby and you go out to your shed and put together a really nice table, everyone's like, that's great. If you spend six months making a costume that you wear to a Comic-Con, everyone's like, that's a waste of time. Why? Because Why? it's making that person happy. Right. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. And that is what this podcast is all about, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Before we go, I want to tell you a couple of things, though. That uh, will uh, first off, I have finally started watching Daredevil. Okay. I'm two episodes in. We'll probably watch the third. How uh, did you like the end of that second episode? Oh, I thought it was awesome. 
Yeah, right. It reminded me, you know, there are a couple of celebrated fight scenes in martial arts movies. Uh, Old Boy, the hallway fight scene. If you've never seen it, it's a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. And uh, the oh fuck, what's the name of that? Movie? One of the most impressive things I've ever seen in a film was uh, what's the the protector? I think was the name of it. Okay. And you have to go watch it just for this one scene where it, the plot sounds a little weird. It's a guy whose elephant is stolen and he has to get it back. Oh yeah, no, I totally know. Yeah, uh huh. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay, so that scene, and for is anyone that that's listening, that has, I think I might be wrong. Anyone that's listening that hasn't seen this film, there's a scene where he has to get to the top floor of a building to fight the big bad guy. It is the most video game-ish scene I've ever seen in a movie. The beauty of it is I'm pretty sure it's uncut, where the camera just tracks him walking up five floors of this very rounded staircase slash hallway. And on every hallway, there are people he has to fight, groups of people. And it's a completely uncut scene. It takes a long time, and it's just one fight after another. And how they were able to put that together, film it, it's a thing of beauty. And that's what that fight scene in Daredevil reminded me of. Because it's that's a Tony Jaw movie, right? That's yes. the one that you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Just, it's, yeah, that may be the name of it. It's beautiful. It's so yeah. gorgeous in its intricacy and everything. And that Daredevil scene was so real. Yeah. He's so beaten up by the time he actually gets to that building. You know, yeah. spoilers for Daredevil, but he has to fight a bunch of guys. And you, the tension was pretty beautiful, too, because every time you start to see one of these guys getting up again, I'm going, Daredevil, look! Look behind you! <laughs> and he's going... Yes, yes blind guy, look! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean that, Daredevil. Listen, behind you! Um, but he's so... He's also doing it for such a purely good thing. Yeah. You know, it's... it's very Daredevil. It really reminds you of the reasons that people love superheroes. is because... Yeah. People want to live in a world where this kind of shit doesn't happen, or if it does, somebody will be there to stop it. Um, I'm reminded of a guy that came on one of Kevin Smith's Batman podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, wrote a book. This may make you cry. Um, he wrote his own graphic novel about – this actually makes me tear up a little bit uh, – based on his life. It's sort of an autobiographical graphic novel. I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could. He – in Two weeks' time, lost his father and then was sexually abused by his neighbors when he was, I don't know, eight. Maybe even younger than eight. Just a horrible, horrible thing. And this is what the uh, graphic novel is about as a boy that this happens to. His father just leaves and then the people he's staying with molest him a few times. And, you know, he goes out to his front porch and just sits there and waits for his dad to come back. And he never does. And at the end of this graphic novel, a spaceship lands in front of him, and the door opens up, and Superman walks out. I'm I'm fucking getting teary thinking about it right now. And takes him by the hand and brings him into the spaceship that has every superhero you've ever seen all standing in this one spaceship. There's Batman, there's Spider-Man, there's everybody. And Batman walks over and puts his hand on the boy's shoulder and goes, we're never going to let this happen to you again. And that's awesome. It's incredible. And it just shows you like, the, you know, people think this stuff isn't important. I know that there's no real daredevil. I know there's no real Batman. But what if we lived in a world where there was? 
And when something like that happens and a young boy is taken or a, a, a woman is getting hurt by her abusive husband, these guys can just step in and say, I know what right and wrong is, and this is wrong, and I'm not going to let it happen. Well, and I think that better than that even is that just having that escapism, not even escapism, yeah. but that, well, it is. It is. that fantasy vision of things and people that are good. Yes. Like, not that there are superheroes, because in the really real world, there aren't. But we have the outlet of the artists and the creators who have given the, that to us for us to go into in our minds to create that world for ourselves in yeah. the really real world. And it helps us that, deal with some of our issues. Not only exactly. that, but it makes us want to be those people. Yes. I would love and, to be Batman if I could. I think that that's fantastic. Like, not that in this graphic novel this totally horrible shit happens to this kid and then an actual spaceship comes down and they're right. actually fucking superheroes. It's not. It's that they are there for him in his world. Yes, exactly. That is much not more important, I guess, because if really real superheroes really, really came down, that'd be fucking badass. Oh, that would but be awesome. <laughs> they're not going to do that. But so also the next that's best why thing is that they offer that solace. If there's one thing you can do that will piss me off, and like I say, I'm a liberal person, but one one of the things, because I'm not blindly liberal, one of the things that has always pissed me off about the Democratic Party in general, somewhat the Republicans, but the Democratic Party in general, is how they always seem to be the want to be the people that will find what's corrupting our youth. You know, when Tipper Gore went up against metal music in the 80s or when video games came under fire or when violent movies came under fire. It's like, OK, so the kids in Columbine wore black trench coats and they got that idea from a movie. They were going to do something anyway. Right. You couldn't have stopped it. And what you're ignoring, say, in the case of something like the Metallica song Fade to Black, which is about suicide. So if someone kills himself and has the lyrics to fade to black next to him when he dies, that's a terrible thing. What you can't get the, the, the statistics on is how many people that song saved because they heard it and went, someone else feels the way I do. Yeah. And that's what geek culture is all about. You see these things, then you find this whole community of people that love this stuff just as much as you do and don't feel like outsiders in that community and have found people because what's the one thing that leads to most suicide or drug use or whatever is just pure loneliness. Yeah. Feeling like you're abandoned by the world and then you have this community of people that go, no, I love that TV show. I love that movie. I love that graphic novel. You do too. Let's connect. And now you've got a whole group of people that are there for you. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, and if you make it fun of it is. without understanding that, you're a douche. Right. Uh, last we thing. will totally get to fanboys, fanboyism <laughs> yeah. at a later podcast. The negatives of fanboys, not, not the the yeah. positives. Are, there there are plenty of positives too. Um, but I will tell you this, and then we'll sign off. Uh, the thing I wanted to tell you earlier to keep the audience in suspense. Uh, I found this out recently, and it chagrined me to the core. And I'm glad it didn't happen. Speaking of remakes, did you know that there was a proposed series of sequels to the movie Seven? No. They were going to be called 8, 9, and 10. Oh, no. <laughs> just featuring Morgan Freeman. I guess Brad Pitt was just too depressed to come back. But they didn't do that, obviously. S one movie studio for once went, no, that's dumb. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Not saying it couldn't still happen at some point. Morgan Freeman's still alive. Um, but... Yeah, that almost happened. So think about that, people, when you're bitching about all these video game remakes. We could have had an 8, 9, and 10. 
Oh. On that note, then, we will sign off. Thank you very much for listening. Carissa, where can they get in touch with us on Twitter? Uh, we're at Lucky10K. Can they Lucky email us somewhere? Yeah, and we are at Lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Awesome. So I just want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I want to encourage you to listen to the other podcasts on the Bearded Pods Network. Uh, we're also always on the lookout for content. And Carissa, thank you very much for your enlightening conversation. Next week, it'll be my turn to geek out about something. And I'm just going to give you a hint. It's serial killers. And <laughs> that's that's quite a hint. I wonder what it could possibly be. Thank you. Well, you'll just have to listen and find out. I guess. But until next week, I hope you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you got lucky today. Good night, nerds. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan and Carissa. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And... Visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.